1: Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It is great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News, and as always, we got a lot of ground to cover. In the fastest 60 minutes of radio as we attempt to try to slow things down for you just a little bit, help you divide the rage from the reason, elevate the conversation, connect the dots and help you make the news make sense today. And uh, so much to get to. Uh, Obviously, a lot of political happenings uh, going on in the state. Uh, The fourth congressional race has finally come to a conclusion. We'll talk through uh, what that means and where that goes next. We're also keeping our eye on Washington, D.C. Once again, you have the leaders of many of the uh, tech giants back there, Facebook, uh, Google, uh, Twitter. uh, They're all there before the Senate uh, committee. Uh, taking a lot of uh, questions around uh, claims of anti-conservative bias, election interference, uh, and a host of other things there. So uh, we'll continue to watch that and see if there's anything uh, of note that we need to be aware of as that hearing continues to uh, to take place. Uh, but let's begin right here at home. Uh, Burgess Owens is uh, the congressman-elect for Utah's 4th Congressional District, a hard-fought uh, battle against the incumbent Ben McAdams. Uh, who becomes a, uh, a one-term member of Congress, uh, although I don't think his uh, political future is ending by any stretch of the imagination. He has an important voice, uh, and he will continue to uh, have plenty of opportunities to use that uh, in the months and years ahead. So it'll be fascinating to see where he goes with that. Uh, and then, of course, Burgess Owens is now looking at transition and uh, getting up to speed. He's actually back in Washington, D.C. today, going through uh, the basically the training it's uh how to be a congressperson 101 and uh, it's a pretty rigorous uh, few days back there in Washington DC as you try to get the lay of the land you figure out some staffing decisions you start figuring out what uh, what things you're going to focus on rolling into the new year and then you are in and in and going it is a uh, fast transition pace there uh, in the House of Representatives so you have to you have to be ready to go uh, there to be sure so we'll watch that really closely as we go along uh, I thought Ben McAdams uh, was very uh, gracious in uh, his announcement yesterday that he was conceding the race, that he had reached out uh, to uh, Congressman-elect uh, Owens. And uh, just for a little perspective on that, in case you missed this earlier today, uh, here's a little bit from uh, Ben McAdams.
0: It's not my place at this point, I think, to be um, telling Burgess Owens how to be a member of Congress. I want to give him the, the space to do the job that he feels that he can he, he can do. My hope would be that uh, while we may have differences of opinion, so much of this job is rolling up your sleeves and, and working for the veteran who was denied a Purple Heart but deserves it, the senior who didn't get their Social Security benefits, the uh, the mother who's worried about her child's preexisting condition.
1: Uh, I think those were some really important words from Ben McAdams because so often we nationalize these races. Well, we make it all about Nancy Pelosi, or we make it all about Chuck Schumer on the Senate side, or Mitch McConnell, uh, Kevin McCarthy for the Republicans in the House. And we make these big national battles uh, of of good and evil, and Congressman McAdams got it right. He said, look, most of the work is work, and most of the work is far away from the spotlight, is far away from the camera banks, uh, and it's helping a veteran get the services they deserve. It's helping someone who's dealing with the IRS. It's helping somebody uh, who's got an immigration issue or a visa issue. Uh, and that's that's where things happen. It's the constituent-level services that are really the most important thing. Uh, and I think we often miss that. So it was actually refreshing for me to see uh, uh, Representative McAdams to say, wait a minute, I'm not going to tell uh, Burgess what kind, of, uh, what kind of congressman he should be, uh, but I think he actually sent a really important message, and that is you should be the kind of congressman, that takes care of the constituents first, that makes it about the local issues, those local needs uh, first, last and always let the national stuff take care of itself because it will. And it's also an important reminder for all of us that it's the local stuff that matters most. And the reason I continue to have great hope in the future of the country is not because of the balance of power in Washington or who's you know sitting in the presiding chair in the House or in the Senate. Uh, or even who's sitting in the White House or the Oval Office. Uh, it's who's sitting in the classroom. It's who's sitting in the boardroom of a business. It's who's uh, sitting in the waiting room at a local hospital. Uh, th- those are the people who are going to make a difference for the country. And uh, it was refreshing that uh, Representative McAdams did use that in his concession. I thought that was very class. And as I mentioned, he's uh, he will be a force to be reckoned with in the future, uh served the 4th district well and uh, has some good things ahead of him and now uh to Burgess Owens he uh, he gets to do uh the big stuff now 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 you get to govern running the campaign is uh an adrenaline rush kind of experience it's a it's a race and especially in a pandemic year it was uh, not what anybody expected it to be but now it gets to to governing setting up an office choosing your staff uh and I am telling you who you choose as a staff in a house office uh, makes all the difference in the world. Uh, Our own uh, Lee Lonsberry uh, coming up here in just a little bit uh, can talk about what happens in a house office uh, when the staff is focused, focused on the constituents back in the district versus those that are just focused on, uh, you know, getting their name in the paper or uh, getting on uh, cable news. And it is having those staffers who are, who are really willing to do the hard work and to tell the member of Congress that that's not a good idea, (laughs) sir, or ma'am, let's do it a little different. Let's focus on this. So those staffing decisions will be very important coming up for, uh, for Burgess Owens. He is uh, back there in training, uh, going through all of the uh, paperwork and all the things you have to fill out before you are seated as a member of Congress. And so that will be fascinating to watch and uh, it will be exciting to see what Burgess Owens does and how his uh, first days in office will be, where his focus will be, and uh, what he will do for the uh, the people back here in the 4th Congressional District. Uh, a couple other quick thoughts, uh, obviously, in terms of takeaways as we wind down 2020 election. Uh, of course, uh, also interesting as we look here locally, uh, that uh, there were some Republican pickups in some pretty interesting places. Uh, you had yesterday, you had Salt Lake County Councilwoman uh, Shireen Gorbani, a Democrat, had conceded on Monday as well. Uh, Laurie Stringham will take that seat, uh, gives the Republicans a 6-3 advantage on the Salt Lake County Council. So that solidifies the Republicans' majority there. Uh, And this is one of the things that has to be concerning if you're a Democrat today, is with all of the, the funds that were spent and the effort that was made across the country, uh, not just to win the White House or to keep control of the House or flip the Senate, uh, but trying to to make a dent in uh, state legislatures and in governor races. Uh, all of those things came up very short for the Democrats, uh, despite what they what they spent. Uh, and so that's an interesting thing. Was it a messaging thing that didn't work? Was it the candidates that just didn't work? Uh, what what were the real issues there? And so I think that's uh, going to be part of the uh, post game. Uh, analysis for both Republicans and Democrats. Republicans obviously have a a lot to uh, be concerned about as well, nationally and locally. Uh, So there's things for everybody uh, to really take a look at. We're going to dive a little deeper into some of the lessons learned from the 2020 election uh, cycle coming up with our good friend Jason Perry from the Hinckley Institute of Politics coming up here at 1135. We'll go ahead and step aside for a quick commercial break. When we come back, I want to talk about these leadership transitions. Go back to an interview I did with historian Doris Kearns Goodwin. You don't want to miss this. Stay tuned. Coming up next on KSL News Radio.
0: I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office to meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home.